everyone, welcome back to the Restless Podcast. This is your host, Jonah Boston. On the Restless, we extract knowledge, tactics, and stories from entrepreneurs who have carved their way to fulfill the life they've always dreamed of. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Restless Podcast. everyone welcome back to this episode of the restless podcast today we have a very special guest alexander swark filmmaker and cinematographer actually originally based out of toronto canada um he's been working with some pretty sweet brands here and companies guys uh, loud luxury i'm sure you all know of them steph curry mba and uh, he's actually working on two docuseries right now uh one specifically for netflix so this is stuff we'll dive into uh here pretty quick but alex take it away here buddy thank you uh so much for coming on yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for the uh, intro and uh, super excited to be on the podcast. No, this is awesome, man. Um, very special for us um, to have you on and you've accomplished uh, a ton, you know, so far and worked with specific people and met some really cool people that people are familiar of, um, which we'll dive into here. So, you know, just right off the hop here, like why LA from Toronto, where you're originally from, I guess? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, started my career uh, here in Canada, and then uh, basically I, I started building a lot of momentum. Fortunately, uh, started gaining some traction in the U.S. with clients that wanted to work in the U.S. Um, but then, of course, just due to restrictions and whatnot, needed a visa. Um, so went through that whole application based on a few of the uh, collaborators I've worked with and was fortunate enough to get my artist visa um, and then kind of dawned on me I wasn't planning on moving there but uh, got the visa and felt that I needed to make the jump to LA without really thinking twice and uh, yeah. maximize the opportunity because it's not something that uh, everyone can get. 100% man like so when you grew up in Toronto did you did you have a love um for this type of gig? Like, is this something that you grew up slowly getting good at dipping into programs, um, dipping into softwares, like some equipment, like tell me about your upbringing a little bit and how you kind of fell in love with what you're doing right now. I guess going uh, way back, uh, my dad always seemed to just have like any form of camera yeah. out and about at uh, family gatherings, which probably uh, instilled a bit of it into me at an early age. And then, um, in high school, I'd always just fool around with our family VHS camera and whatnot, just shooting random stuff with buddies, uh, no real significance. Um, and then I actually went to school to study um, marketing. Um, right. And then it was through a marketing class where I started, uh, you had to build your own company and I built a film company. And then that kind of clicked for me that, hey, this is what I love to do, but didn't really consider it as a career. And then that was kind of the start. That's funny, man. Uh, actually, when I was in when I was in business school, the reason why this podcast even exists is because uh, during my last class, before I dropped out, my like my final project was to interview someone in the community. Um, <laughs> so right after that, I was just like, "Oh yeah, like this is sweet." <laughs> it's like That's wild, yeah, yeah. It's just weird how it's just weird how things happen, man. Um, now, was there anyone kind of? teaching you during that time like when you were initially starting and kind of you know building up some interest on what you want to do here 
did you know someone that did it very well and that you went to and said, Hey, like teach me to teach me what you know, type of thing. Um, not in specifically, but I will say that I was in that marketing program. And then once I realized that I wanted to make the switch as I, I realized that I should get back to basics with film. Um, so I did study a, a film program as well in school. Yeah. Um, which is just great to get a lot of the, the history and the foundations of film um, and learn all of that. Uh, but then a lot of it was just trial and error. Um, the start of YouTube and, and kind of getting some tutorials off of there and some tips really helped as well. Right on, man. Like, I guess when you're first starting in this more creative type business, um, obviously, you know, tactics around building a clientele is something we'll get into here um, in a little bit, but more on the creative side, do you think that, um, I guess, trial and error, you know, learn as you go, say yes now, figure it out later type of mentality, is that kind of who you are? Is that something that you suggest, especially in the creative world? I mean, I don't think as educated as you can be on anything, there's always something you're kind of learning on every shoot. So I would say yeah. for sure, you kind of got to say yes, because you got to take on those experiences to build and learn off of them. And yeah. especially with film, everything's constantly evolving and it's every shoot, those lessons you learn that you carry on to the next one. So if you just constantly feel like you can't, you don't have the skill set to take it on, then I think you could really uh, become stagnant. Yeah. It comes a lot from optimism and courage and a lot of confidence. I'm sure. Eh? You know, coming yeah. From I also think though at the same time you probably shouldn't uh try and take on and I not that you would probably land it right away, but a Nike <laughs> spot or something, uh and cost a company a hundred thousand bucks or something on a shoot real quick. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, man. When you were first starting, did you uh, have anyone approach you where or maybe, you know, you landed a project that you just weren't expecting? Um and you're like, Oh my god like, this is it. Like I, I have to, like your back's up against the wall here. Like you have to figure it out. Um, the type of type of deal. Uh, probably. Yeah. The first, the first project when it actually like came through, I was like, wow, I gotta, I gotta make this happen. And you just right off the hop. I mean, a lot of the stuff I was doing early on was just a one man band myself, but working yeah. for a business, um, another entrepreneur. And, uh, I always put a ton of responsibility on, kind of becoming one with the company and uh making the best possible product for them so i just yeah the pressure right off the hop i guess <laughs> absolutely man um so let's talk about when you got to la alex um let's talk about the journey there uh from toronto to los angeles and kind of how things uh got started when you got there type of thing uh yeah it was wild uh i got the visa in may of 2018 and mm -hmm. then was there September 2018 and didn't really know anyone um I had like some connections but really just tried to get out there start grabbing coffees with people and yeah networking and more so than anything uh building some solid relationships I've always found that to be the best just like true authentic relationships yeah um social currency and but majority of my work ended up being back in Canada. Um, but then it was 29, the start of 2019, I'd say when things really started taking off there, I started the year off with uh, doing a project um, for Steph Curry, uh, his underrated tour, which is uh, a high school 
uh, kind of recruitment program that he runs because he was underlooked in high school and yeah. uh, they were kind of featuring underprivileged kids um, in Los Angeles. And I'd say that was my first uh, big, big project out there. Yeah. That's, that's crazy, man. Like how did that, how did that work? Like, did they approach you? Did, did you approach them? And did you randomly know someone that was connected um, with them that were setting all this stuff up? Yeah, I guess going back to uh, just when I first got there, building um, some relationships, a, a connection I had made um, referenced me to an agency um, that was looking for someone to shoot it. And that agency hired me to uh, shoot the production. That's awesome, man. Like, How important is it to just randomly meet people and start conversation. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, um, especially in the hockey representation business industry that I'm in, you know, it's amazing that what happens if you just like show up, you just start talking to people and they're like, Oh, like I know this guy or I know that guy. It's like, how much of an impact has that made for you? Um, even not only in the beginning, but now just, just talking with people, man. Uh, I think it's kind of everything and, and really putting an investment into that and actually, caring about those relationships and maintaining them uh especially in a city like los angeles uh it's full of talented filmmakers a ton are capable of doing the job so it really does come down to like who you are as a person are you reliable and and do you build good relationships yeah and it's it's actually crazy how you know i got a hold of your work as well um just follow, first following B Clutch, which is like a pretty sweet company there. Are those your buddies as well? Like, do you know them well? Yeah, I'm, uh, especially since B Clutch has uh, kind of formed, Quinn and I have become super close. And uh, yeah. yeah, they've they've done a great job with the, the brand and the business. Well, yeah, a lot of those videos coming from you, man. Like when I first saw those like a couple of years back, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like I, I just asked them like, hey man, who's doing your videos? Like yeah. those were, those were good, man. So hats off to you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Those, uh, I mean, anything with B clutch was always a ton of fun just because it's all uh, athletics, um, related and growing up playing hockey. Um, it just, it's close to home for me. Yeah. Hey guys, any of you, uh, who is into the athletic wear, uh, casual type clothing, B clutch, go check them out. That's like a random plug. So they're lucky here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. So I guess talking more into uh, the cinematography filmmaking uh, type of side here, um, what advice can you give for people who want to start in this industry other than the fact that we just talked about networking? That's huge. But what is specific programs that are a must know uh, when you're first getting started? Like without this, you know, without knowing this, you cannot just take on a project. Like what, what is a must? Um, uh, there's a a lot of programs, but to pivot slightly from that, I'd say like going back one thing that I regret not doing sooner is, uh, you start out doing a lot of stuff by yourself, but I think the sooner you can start collaborating with other filmmakers and, uh, building a community, whether you're in a small town, big city, find a group of people that are around the same level as you that you can grow with, um, just because you're going to learn a lot off of one another and also just create a lot better final products because at the end of the day, there's only so much you can do uh, by yourself and working as a team, you're, you're just going to excel exponentially, I think. No, for sure. No, it makes sense. Um, Now from films to commercials 
to music videos, like to docu-series, like what, what is your favorite, I guess, or I guess more so what, um, which one involves the most preparation? Um, maybe the most involvement with a bigger team and a lot more equipment, uh, instead of maybe a quicker type film, like which one is, is your favorite, I guess, when it comes to that stuff. Uh, I do love anything doc related. Uh, I'm definitely drawn to real stories. Right. Um, and then other than that, I think definitely sports, um, anything in the athletics world, I just love and could shoot that all day. Yeah. Uh, but that definitely takes a, a bit more prep documentaries, a bit more reactive. Um, whereas, uh, sports are probably doing a bit more, um, commercial style specific scenes and whatnot planned out. Um, but at the same time, I think that's why I like doc stuff is through sports because any sport you play is pretty like when you're in a game, pretty reactive instantly, right? Using your instincts to figure out what's happening next. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's true, man. Like now for you, when let's just say, um, I want to bring it back just before your big project, there was Steph Curry. Um, was there any big roadblocks? Not only did you like when, when you were in, in that stage, but even now, like what are the biggest roadblocks that you face that maybe some listeners would find interesting and to help them prepare for them as well? Um, from big to, to small, I guess, some adversity that you have to face or did face in the process. Um, I think it's all about even just going back to uh, you always want to excel to something bigger yeah. Uh, a bigger project and whatnot. Um, and the fact is, is that that's just going to take time. You need to keep improving your craft. Um, but it, it can, the frustration I think can become a roadblock because you just feel like you've been grinding and you're putting in 60 hour weeks and yeah. you deserve this project, but um, it just doesn't happen that way. It's when you're least expecting it, that the cool stuff comes along and you, Mm-hmm. I think just getting in your head is the biggest roadblock. If you get too frustrated um, that you're not kind of getting to that next level of film. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I guess, you know, for a creative like yourself, um, I'm sure there's certain things that like just trigger your creativity. Like what are some things that, you know, trigger yours? Like, is it, you know, going for walks? Is it, you know, going for being active? Like, is it just relaxing at the house or, or at your place and just kind of just thinking in your own head, um, putting yourself into environments? I guess the question I'm asking is what gets you inspired? Um, what brings out the creativity in Alexander Stork? Definitely all the things you listed, um, but definitely just travel um, and travel. new experiences. I'm always just trying to dive into something different um, and just kind of get into that wormhole. Um, And that really excites me just whether it's obsessing over all of a sudden, like I got to California and I was really into motocross and like just all the desert stuff out there and diving into that. Or I went to Iceland and just was inspired by the out of this world landscapes there. And um, just that inspiration from those then can carry over to, a project I'm doing in studio of food, like, but just that inspiration really helps uh, keep the wheels turning. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. Like you've done some really cool stuff in different landscapes. Um, Guys, if you haven't checked out uh, Alexander Swartz website, um, check it out and obviously look at his films and his videos. But I think my favorite one out of all of your 
short films and, and your commercials is, uh, I forget what brand it was. I think it was, is it grip the, the phone, the phone case one. Oh yeah. The D brand grip. Yeah. Oh man. Like those angles, uh, with the Lamborghini going around the track, like talk about that a little bit. Was that fun for you? Um, it just looked like just really interesting, like how you got some shots. It just didn't make sense to me really, but <laughs> yeah, no, it was, uh, that was a wild experience. I'm super grateful. Um, a good friend of mine, Ash Taylor, he, he brought me onto that project and, uh, it was insane. We rented out a racetrack for five days every night, just kind of had the Lamborghini oh, ripping around the track and, um, just the setups we were able to use. We had a chase car, um, which is how we go- were able to capture most of those angles. Um, but it was kind of just a wild experience. Um, you don't get those too often. And I definitely tried to ride that high for as long as I could. <laughs> did you, did you get to drive it or what? Uh, I did not, but we, I think it was due to like insurance and all of that. But um, our stunt driver took me for a, a few laps and man, it's actually didn't realize how intense the G forces are even just going around. Probably not as fast as he can go either, but yeah, it was uh-huh. wild. Oh, he's probably, he's probably taking it easy on you. Oh, for sure. <laughs> awesome, man. So I want to dive into another big project of yours there, Alex, is um, a couple of videos that you did with Loud Luxury, kind of how that, um, how that came about for you uh, in your upwards progression there as a filmmaker and cinematographer, how you met them, how that started and kind of your enjoyment of doing work with them. Yeah, they're actually uh, like local buddies. So that was the original connection. And um, I was fortunate enough to uh, work with another filmmaker, Chris Evans, on Body um, back. And that was our first video we did with them. And obviously that's kind of also happened to be Loud Luxury's massive yeah. uh, breakthrough song. Uh, and then from there, I've now more recently done a, a couple of their latest music videos. Um, and it's just super fortunate, uh, once again, going back to relationships that they value as well. They're just trying to keep collaborating with the people they're closest with instead of uh, expanding elsewhere. Yes, yeah, good, good on your part, man. I guess when you uh, when you started getting hooked up with them, they're probably in the initial stages of kind of what they were doing, hey? Yeah, I mean, we kind of shot Body Super Run and Gun. They were, uh, I think we shot it and then it was almost a year until it was released, which was kind of crazy. Holy shit. Um, but uh yeah, they were just building their momentum and really getting going and they blew up and uh, yeah, I guess the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding, man. Um, now, moving forward with what you do, um, do you continue to challenge yourself in trying out new equipment, um, reading, trying out new programming, like just in different ways, just so people who are listening who want to get into this or maybe are somewhat advanced filmmakers or cinematographers or maybe in the middle, um, what are ways where you continue to challenge yourself, um, with different things in the industry? Like I said, it could be equipment, it could be programs, um, to help you advance really in, in your skill set, right? Yeah, definitely equipment all the time. I'm just trying to, whenever I can go and do tests, uh, in Los Angeles, I'm super fortunate that all the headquarters are pretty much there. So yeah. try and sneak into shops with, uh, whenever I can and test out some stuff and also um, definitely spend a ton of time reading um, 
American cinematographer. It's a magazine that's just full of insight. Yeah. Uh, going to workshops when I can. Um, once again, uh, Los Angeles has the society, uh, American society of cinematographers clubhouse. So they always have events there that you can go to and, uh, just kind of absorb knowledge from the best. So that would be my advice is just always learning, never stop. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I guess being, uh, more so in LA, not, I mean, during this time you're back in Canada during this craziness, but being in LA with so many talented people and surrounding yourself around that environment, is there specific places where you just hang out because you know that you could possibly run into some people or, um, like anything like that, just to experiment with those type of environments and say, okay, you know, I'm going to plant my ass here for an hour or two and kind of see what happens. Um, well, for sure. It's, it's a whole different world uh, when it comes to the coffee shops. I mean, yeah. LA is a unique town where it's basically built around the industry. So you go to the right coffee shop and everyone around you is talking about their next commercial. You got like uh, scripts, whatever. So that's super inspiring, but then also uh, just, being with all those talented people uh, really humbles you and, and keeps you pushing because you can go grab a coffee with a buddy and you think you did some cool stuff and he drops what he just did or she just did. And <laughs> you're kind of like, wow, I suck and really need to get back to work. <laughs> Welcome to LA. Hey. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I love that because then that just keeps you pushing and pushing constantly. Yeah. No, no kidding, man. Like just putting yourself in those environments, you know, like not to, yeah. and you know what, that's, that really goes back to ego. I feel like, you know, just knowing that, Hey, like I, I'm good at what I do, but I have a shit ton more to learn and I'm nowhere near, you know, in a place where I got to back down from maybe randomly meeting these people or having these conversations. Right. Totally. Yeah. So I want to dip into a little bit, Alex, um, going to the tail end of this interview here, uh, order of operations. I think that's a big topic that I want to get into with you here. Um, with anyone who wants to get into film, um, cinematography, uh, film, you know, when you're first getting started with a new client, how important is understanding, uh, possibly their vision, uh, but company culture, um, their goal for not only the film, but as, as a company right? Um, knowing, you know, how they do things day to day. So you can maybe create a vision for yourself to incorporate in those films or uh, commercials and, and, and stuff like that. So I want to kind of dip into order of operations and kind of what's first, I guess, when starting with a, a company or a brand. Yeah, I would say for sure, just knowing as much as you can about the brand, really trying to um, extract as, as much about the company as you can um, from the client or, or brand or person um and and really dive into that and and i think also just i think you need to care about that brand or believe in that brand because yeah uh, at the end of the day you're getting hired for a pretty important responsibility to create something uh, that represents them so if you're not into it i just don't think it's gonna it's gonna it is going to translate onto the screen that that passion isn't there so First and foremost, be passionate about what you're creating and also, um, yeah, definitely know a ton about them because that's going to enhance the final product. No, for sure, man. Like you have to dip into a level where you almost feel like you're a part of their culture and company, man. For sure. 
and also yeah like and try and understand how that industry works or whatnot um or else you're yeah (laughs) well you know what You're, you're you're right because i've seen some promo videos that are very um they're 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 skimming the surface of what the company's potential or operations actually look like and i see promo videos and commercials that they go into like they, they start filming like the nuts and bolts and, and movements of, of the equipment, man, you know, uh, they dive yeah. into company culture and kind of put a twist on the creative side of things. Um, it, it's different. Like, like, like you just know, right. Yeah. And I, and I think to, uh, just jumping into like one example, uh, whatever X, Y, Z hockey product, if you know, uh, which I do from playing hockey and, and love hockey, it's yeah. all those little characteristics that only other like hockey players would know that is really going to enhance the marketing, whether it's little pregame rituals or uh, like feet tapping in the locker room, et cetera. Like all those little details that um, if, if someone who doesn't play hockey is shooting that might miss completely. Um, oh, that's a really good point. That's really and, and and not to say that you know I could go into an industry that I don't know so well, but spending that time to understand and research all those little things, um, I think really makes a difference in the final product. I think that's something that I noticed um, when you started filming stuff for B Clutch. Uh, not only you know did, did you do the video associated with Max Domi? Yeah, I shot one with Max. That was awesome. Yeah, super cool. Um, so knowing how hockey players train, that came into effect for sure. For sure. Yeah. Like that yeah. was spot on. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and I think just being able to communicate with Max on some level about stuff, um, in, in his way of talking versus trying to just explain stuff in my film mumbo jumbo that he's not okay. probably going to translate with so well. That's funny, man. He seems like a pretty chill guy. Like Max is awesome. Yeah, he's a super great guy. Works hard, obviously. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I heard he's okay at hockey, so. Yeah. But, um, awesome, man. Now, uh, I want to dive into um, your style of who you are. Is there like a certain thing that, I mean, obviously every project's different, right? Every commercial's different, every film's different, music video, doesn't matter. But what twist do you commonly bring to whatever work that you're doing, like what is Alexander Swarth's style, I guess, or are you super diverse and creative and adapting to whatever they want to do? But I, I really want to discuss kind of what you bring to every, to every company and every, every artist. Um, for sure. You're, I have to adapt quite a bit just to um, satisfy the creative uh, yeah. of whatever the project may be. But uh, people tend to say that I'm pretty moody oh yeah um and uh i don't know yeah i I just definitely like to keep things more natural um and and definitely not overlit if i can uh i don't know i'm not a super dark person but yeah for whatever reason that's just where i like my images (laughs) you ever throw a piece of equipment no no if i threw it that'd be pretty devastating throw throw a yard sale a camera across yeah Holy smokes, man. Awesome. Well, to conclude the interview here, Alex, I want to talk about your Netflix uh, documentary. Let's dive into that before um, we end the interview here. Yeah, the 
that was a super awesome experience. I, I did two docu-series last year. Um, one was on serial killers and the other one was on spycraft or the, the CIA more. One was on serial killers. Yeah. That must've been uh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, without getting into too much detail, it was, uh, we traveled all around the U S just interviewing, um, a bunch of main case officers and whatnot on some of the most prolific serial killers. And it was oh super my. heavy and oh my God. a lot to process. <laughs> Uh, I'd be shaking in my boots, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the director and I had to definitely take some breaks um, throughout the show to just uh, wow. digest everything and kind of reset. Um, but it was a super unique experience. And, uh, you know, these episodes end up being whatever, 50 minutes long. Uh, but each interview is probably three to four hours long. So you just hear so much insane stuff the whole time oh man can do you find yourself um sometimes getting too emotionally connected to a project in a way where it's affecting you personally that one was getting close for sure um yeah just because and you just it's just a lot of information and and a lot of it's too intense for um to go out onto television and whatnot so mm-hmm. You're, and you, you're kind of stuck with your own thoughts and whoever else is in the room with you to process that, which can be tough. No, yeah, no kidding, man. That's tough. Um, wow, man, that would be a hell of experience. Um, this is something I actually just thought about. Um, what are the industry gaps? Like, like, what, like, what have you noticed in the industry where you tackled and you're like, holy smokes, man, like, this is pretty rare. Like not many people do this. Is there anything that comes up or no, like for industry gaps um, and what you're doing to kind of fill those gaps in, I guess, from your side of things, is there anything that you could think of? Um, not off of top of my head. No. Um, I guess everyone kind of brings their own creative twist to things. eh? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, everyone's, yeah, there's just, it's like endless. That's the cool thing about film. I guess is there's no, there's no real rules. Yeah. Well, I, I can see that, man. Um, awesome. Alex. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, dude. This was absolutely amazing. Um, for any of you filmmakers out there or anyone who's interested guys, you have to check out Alexander Swark, not only on social media, but his website, go through his stuff. Um, he has, he's been doing some pretty amazing work and is on a heavy incline, um, progression here. So make sure to keep following guys. And then lastly, Alex, I want to ask you one more question before you go here. Um, pretty broad, you know, to, for anyone who wants to get into this, man, like what's one piece of advice that you could give right off the hop for someone who just wants to dive in, in the initial stages, maybe it's something that we had talked about, but what's that one thing that you just want to give advice to, and these filmmakers, I want to get into this industry here. Yeah, definitely just get out there and start shooting. I mean, you just got to, it doesn't matter what it is, just start rolling the camera and start trying to tell a story and don't stop because you just got to keep going and the the improvement and the lessons just keep happening all the way, all the time. Um, And as I said, too, just try and start building some relationships, find a few people in your community that you can collaborate with and, and start creating. Awesome, Alex. Thank you so much, man. Guys, remember to follow us on social media, subscribe to the Restless Podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Um, and this episode, I think uh, you'll really enjoy and make sure you keep following Alex's stuff, guys. So remember, never settle, stay restless. <laughs>